Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Michael Sandoval and Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Peers Over Beers uh, podcast. This is uh, Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Detzel. Well, hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? Oh, you know, I can't complain. It's a lovely afternoon here in Dallas, Texas, and we are joined uh, by an equally bright and talented individual, Mr. Brian Oblinger. Did I say that correct? Oh, you're too kind. It's it's Oblinger, uh, but that's okay. uh, okay. Tomato, tomato, you know, whatever goes here, folks. (laughs) Well, it's... It's wonderful to have you on. We were just chit-chatting, you know, as we always do, we have guests, we're chit-chatting and getting to know each other. And uh, it's, you know, immediate attention goes immediately to kind of how things are going on with COVID and how you guys are doing. And I hope you and your family are safe and hope you're doing just fine. Yeah, same to you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good stuff. So um, we are privileged to have you on. One of the the fun things we get to kind of talk about are people who've kind of spent a good portion of their career uh, kind of growing up into the evolution of community. And uh, you're definitely one of those uh, folks out there. We would So kind of love the uh, chance to chat with you. But before we kind of get into it, I hope you give us maybe just a little uh, introduction about yourself and uh, who you are, uh, Mr. Sure. Oblinger. Is that the right sure. one? Oblinger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. So, um, you know, I saw this tweet uh, a couple weeks ago and it was like, you know, how did you get into community management and tell your story? And I think I just, I just replied, I was born this way. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I feel. Um, so yeah, I mean the, the abridged version of the story without, without boring all of your listeners is, is basically, I, like most people, uh, I guess I, I kind of grew up, you know, in and around the internet when it was a brand new thing and uh, being, <laughs> I almost have the same thing too, uh, <laughs> a, citizen, yeah. uh, what I say, a citizen of the internet. Yeah. Let's guess Brian's age. Uh, so anyway, so yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of, kind of grew in up around that. And, um, I, at the time I, I was just a kid. I, I love playing video games. And so of course, when the internet came online, my first thought was like, Oh, I got to seek out like gaming stuff. And there was like all these cheat code websites and, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of just, you know, janky stuff out there on CompuServe and whatever else. And, uh, I ended up stumbling across the, the PlayStation forums. So they were one of the first companies that really, I think, you know, did this in terms of having a fully branded, you know, kind of on domain community. And I was just there all the time. Like I I just live there (laughs) like, Oh, this is my home now. Uh, And so (laughs) um, I did that for a number of years, kind of as a, you know, quote unquote super user. And eventually they came to me and this is always my favorite part of the story because they're like, Hey, you know, you're here all the time. Why don't you just do like volunteer moderation? And of course, as a kid, I was like, yes, I would love to work for free. (laughs) Um, so did that for a number of years. Uh, and then I didn't even know it, but like, of course, at the time they were hosted on uh, what was then Lithium, now Koros. And uh, they came to me and they were like, hey, you're on there all the time. Why don't we just pay you to do this? And so I literally worked for them through high school and college and um, did every possible job and community that you know existed at the time anyway, and just kept working my way up. And then when I graduated college, it was like, hey, you should like teach people how to do this. And so... Um, <laughs> I was a consultant, you know, for five or six years there, uh, teaching hundreds of companies around the world how to do this stuff. And then I kind of decided, as all consultants, I think eventually get to a point where you're like, 
you know, I should probably go out into the world and like try to do all this stuff that I tell people they should do and see yeah, how yeah, it works exactly. out for me. Yep. Um, so I went over to a company called Altrix and was there for four and a half years and built up their community and customer experience practices and uh, was most recently over at a company called Data Robot kind of doing the same thing. So that's the uh, the super abridged version of uh, my journey here today to be on uh, Peers with Be- Peers with beers. Yeah, it's <laughs> with yeah. beers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I had a, no, it's funny you say that I had a, a really good friend of mine uh, was telling about peers over beers and I said, isn't it peers with beers? Are you choosing one or the other? And it's like, okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I forget because our Twitter is peers beers because they didn't have peers over beers. And so I'm like, That's it's so peers beer. So you know, I could yeah, go anywhere. And so. again, as you can see, I get really kind of uh, excited about some of the stuff. So when you said, uh, date yourself when you said CompuServe. Oh, that was not me. That was all you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's all good. So, uh, <laughs> so like in my immediate thing, I always kind of like to look back, right? I kind of think about you know almost do the proverbial you know rocking on the chair type of thing, uh, and kind of have see things. You know, have you seen? I mean, like I think about my way of kind of seeing things like things have kind of changed right i don't know if you've seen any big kind of movements or changes over the years that you've been in the community uh oh yeah in this time but what, what do you think are some of the kind of big you know little ahas that you've seen in your past in your career yeah well you know i, I think in some ways a lot of things have changed but in, in a lot of ways things have stayed the same <laughs> too, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so point, i think yeah. the things that have changed are um companies are coming around to this and are understanding what it is. And I think there's a number of reasons for that. I think number one, like it's just been a thing long enough now that there's some evidence out there that, you know, there are good outcomes from a business perspective. And so that makes it easier to talk to business people and say, Hey, here's why you should be doing this. I think the other thing is that if you look at a lot of the founders uh, of a lot of companies that do community really well, um, you know, not, this is not a, you know, in any way meant to be, you know, any kind of an ageist comment or anything like that. But the reality is that if, if you're like me and you grew up with this whole thing, then you have an affinity for it. And so if I was going to be a CEO of a company tomorrow, of course, you know, someone came and talked to me about social or community or customer experience or any of those things, I would, I would fully get it and go, yeah, we should do that. Right. So I think that just as time goes on and this thing's been around longer and there's been, you know, kind of more around it that's provable, um, I think has made it a little bit of an easier sell. And I think in this, you know, kind of bring it back to the COVID world that we live in here currently, um, companies are, you know, if you're not doing this uh, right now, then you're probably blowing it. Right. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. easy for me to say that as a guy who's been doing this a long time. And of course, yeah. I have that agenda. But I really do believe that. I think that the companies that are investing in this now are going to see the returns. And those that aren't, I think, are going to have a harder time in this world where everybody's way more distributed and disconnected and, and those kinds of things. Yeah, 100% agree. I, you know, we were talking to another guest previously. And uh, I think one of the things we're mentioning is this idea that you have now. It sounds bad to say this, but a captive audience, if you will. Uh, so you can go out and experiment in some of these activities, right, without fear, if you will, because, uh, you know, if there's a moment to do it, it's this now. And it's interesting how you bring up the idea of businesses, right? I, too, have been seeing this idea that, uh, you know, they're starting to see that maybe experimenting in social or trying to get into social or increasing that spend is starting to become a, uh, a bigger piece, uh, uh, if you will. Yeah. The, well, I mean, all of a sudden, uh, whether they like it or not, every business in the world literally has been launched into this world where they need to compete uh, in a digital in a digital way. 
um, yep. and compete on experience and compete in other ways that they've never really been forced to compete before. Uh, and so I think, you know, some are reacting really well to that and, and are pivoting and investing yep. some, you know, maybe not so much. And we'll see, you know, we'll let history be the guide here. I'm not going to, you know, act like I have a crystal ball or whatever, but I, I do believe that those that are, you know, kind of thinking about this stuff and, and differentiating themselves are probably going to come out the other end of this, uh, in a much better position to, to serve their customers than, than those who don't. Yep. So another thing that I think you kind of share a passion of mine as well is this concept of the customer experience, right? And the kind of you know, seeing that, and I'll kind of give you my view, and I'd be curious about how you see it as well, because I, I, I think community dovetails customer experience very, very well, right? This this idea of leading a customer uh, through your entire brand experience, right? It could be digital, you know, all sorts of offline and online effect, but how you treat that customer through each of those touch points. And bringing that uh, interaction is vital, right? And community helps in that aspect, especially in the self-serve, uh, self-service type of uh, activities. Um, I'm kind of curious about your experience. How, I mean, because I think you have the same idea about how customer experience and bringing that to life and making it vital to the brand is uh, such an important piece. Yeah, look, I think you nailed it. I think that, uh, you know, customer experience is this big, broad umbrella term that encompasses a lot of different things. And I think, you know, community is is one of those pillars, right? There's advocacy, there's, you know, other things that are that are under that umbrella. But I, I've been saying, you know, even well before the whole coronavirus thing and, and all of these types of conversations have been coming up, one of the things I've been saying is, you know, classically, community professionals are always looking for the next thing. And unfortunately, it hasn't always been there or that path hasn't been clear. And what I've been saying over the last year or so is like, look, you know, customer experience is that thing, right? Like you've been doing customer experience work at scale for a long time. We just didn't call it that and, yeah, exactly. and we didn't recognize it as such. And so I think if anybody's out there, you know, feeling trapped or wondering what the career path is, I think, you know, community is a great place to get your feet wet and learn all of these different skills and how to talk to customers and how to channel that and how to partner inside your company and drive change. And then, you know, kind of think about how do you do that on a broader basis outside of just the community, right? It can still include that, but it should branch out into things like advocacy and online events and, um, you know, like you said, touch points, doing customer journey maps, like all those kinds of wonderful things. Oh, yeah, nice I think it's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> ecosystem that can you know, fit well together. I agree. You know, and so like in my head, like uh, I'm going to peel back to kind of your, your time when you were at Lithium. So I'm sure you've had the lovely experience of meeting with companies and kind of working through their journeys. Uh, you know, what were some of, you know, because I like I said about earlier, you know, these are folks who like to listen to us are kind of trying to figure this out themselves. Right. And in some way, like one of the questions would be, you know, what advice do you give someone starting or how do you kind of begin the journey? Right. And we have two phases. One are some individuals who are trying to sell community in the company. And I think that may just, that's just an evolution of the company. We talked about it earlier, right? If you're being thrusted into it now, you're kind of figuring it out. But in some way, there's some folks who are just trying to figure out, you know, where you start trying to understand your customer and how community can fit into that strategy. Right? And I'm just curious in your past, I mean, how did, when you come in to advise companies and what kind of, how did you start to assess or kind of, you know, begin to build out those strategy points, uh, in the build-out. Yeah. I mean, I think it's different for every every company, obviously. Um, my methodology has always been a, uh, you know, <laughs> stop me if you've heard this before. It's definitely a customer-first mentality, right? So when I think about it- Customer who? Um, 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> who, who are these people um, no, I, that I, I pay mean, us money? Because that, I mean, that's that is a key point, right? Because you people go right to technology, want to go, well, what type of platform should I choose? And I'm like, well, that's way, whoa, 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 whoa. What, who, what are you trying to do in the customer? I mean, interrupt, but I, I really fundamentally believe in that whole idea of customer first, right? Yeah. You know, I think <laughs> I always say that um, companies spend a lot of time and money trying to guess what their customers want uh, and how they want it and, you know, what it should look like and therefore what their strategy should be. And I think the reality is that, um, you know, if you actually just take five minutes or, you know, a couple of days to like ask people what they want, they'll tell you. Um, now, you know, you may have to do a little bit of translating and, you know, understanding how that fits with your business and what you, you know, are able to do and not able to do. But at the end of the day, you got to start with that, right? What are the, what's, what problem am I going to solve for these people, right? If you can't answer that question up front, then everything that happens down the line, you know, building your strategy, implementing technology, uh, hiring people, like all those things really kind of are futile in my opinion. So, um, you know, I would say that if you're, you know, you're trying to get into community, uh, whether you're a company or an individual, I think the main thing to do is, you know, take a look at the audience that you're, you'd like to serve or you're trying to serve and, and really understand like, what are their pain points and what problem can you solve for them? Um, it turns out that that's the fastest way to value. Yeah. You know, and it's, I think it's almost, uh, I could underline that, uh, quote, I just kind of spending time, you know, if, hopefully you have the luxury of spending that time because some people like to get into the ROI stuff. We'll get to that kind of conversation as eventually, but, uh, knowing what your customer wants. And I think the quote you said, uh, as I 100% agree, is this idea of what problem are you trying to solve? I think I may have even used that term one time uh, when I was working with Chris. What problem are we trying to solve? You what did. are we trying to do? What Several are we times. trying to do uh, for our customer? And I think the the more you have clarity in that statement and it's shopped around and folks believe it, then it's, it kind of, the strategy kind of falls to pulls out, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So I'm going to... So one of my passions uh, is around data, right? And I think one of the other things that I find interesting in the industry, and oh, this could go really into a squirrel, you know, I don't know if it's going to go into a rabbit hole, but we'll, let's, let's tiptoe through it, shan't we? (laughs) Uh, Is around data, right? So I think one of the, so I'll kind of start this conversation point and and I'd be curious, you know, around the room, how, how this works. But at the beginning of the journey of community, I think it was around getting technology up and going. And as we kind of roll into this idea of of uh, monetization and using data as part of that monetization, and you know, we can go on about what Facebook is doing with data and all this kind of stuff, data is becoming more important. And I, I look from a community perspective, and I'm a big data guy, and I think understanding your customer from a previous point is important, right? And I think collecting the data is important because I think, not think, you want to improve the experience for the customer. Um, first, your point, your thoughts around data collection and how we use it, you know, and, and if you've had experience about how to using that data to improve the customer experience, I'd be very curious about kind of that, you know, aspect of uh, your life. Yeah. Well, obviously, I, I, you know, I worked at Alteryx and Data Robot, which are in the analytics industry and, and all yep. about data analytics and data science and, you know, modeling and all these things. So, of course, I've been around that technology and steeped in those worlds. Um, you know, from my, my personal perspective, um, I'll just start this whole thing by saying that to me, uh, you know, privacy is paramount. And, you know, I never let my teams do anything that I wouldn't want done to me <laughs> or yeah, done to I, them. I, yeah, um, yeah. You know, so that so there's that. And I think that there's 
there's understanding your customer and having enough data to make informed decisions. And then there's just creepy stuff. And you don't actually have to do the creepy stuff to get to, you know, can we make better decisions for customers? But I think what what all of this is coming to, and and you kind of laid it out there at the beginning, is what I use data for and what I encourage my teams to use data for is making things better for the customer, right? It's not about... um, it's not about us, I guess, really at, at the, you know, the, the overall point here. And so, um, you know, if we're doing things that don't make sense in service of how are we going to make this better for the customer, then that's probably not a great use of our time and, and something that I wish we wouldn't do. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, I um, agree. yeah, overall, that's kind of, you know, been my general approach and, you know, you're going to, I'm going to sound like a broken record by the time this thing's done, but like everything is in service of the customer. And, and if we have that mindset, then, you know, we'll do good things along the way, hopefully. Yeah, and no, you could keep underscoring because I, I, fun, I fundamentally believe in those kind of aspects, right? Uh, uh, about the data, and I'm oh, sorry, just about service to the customer. And this is what we're here to do, right? At the end of the day, what's interesting because it comes around personality, right? And I'm sure you probably shared the personality type, which is this idea that we just become advocates of a customer, right? And I think what's interesting, and I'd say this for our community member, I'm sorry, our community uh, 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 managers out there, that they, and, and I've said this to others too, like you become the voice of the customer. In a sense, you are owning that relationship and you can become that spearhead, if you will, to kind of be that champion inside a company that tends to wall itself up from the customer, right? There are channels to a customer in some way. Um, I don't know if you feel that way or have had that kind of same experience of being kind of that champion, if you will. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Um, what I've found, I, I, you know, it's hard for me to pin down a percentage here. Um, like, you know, is it 70, 30, 80, 20? I, I don't know. But I think that my job as someone who is, as you say, the voice of the customer internally at these these companies I work at, um, a large percentage of my day or of my time, you know, so the 70 or the 80 or the 90 percent, you're exactly right that, yes, I my job is to be the voice of the customer and be the one who is uh, just tenaciously like going around the company saying, like, we need to make this better. Here's how we can make it better. Here's what we're hearing from people. Here are their pain points. Here's what we can do to make it better. Um, but I will say that if you want to really hammer that stuff home, there's no substitute for the the this is the other, you know, 10, 20, whatever percent. Um of like having direct raw customer feedback in the direction of what you're trying to make better for them. And so, you know, we've done that over the years where we do like customer journey sessions and we set up cameras and there's something about a lot of times when you're advocating inside of a company for a customer or customers, plural, um, there's sort of this like, Oh, well, of course you're going to say that Brian, because you're the community guy, you're the yeah, customer experience cool. guy. That's your job. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times stereotype, that information, stereotype. yeah, a lot of times that information can get filtered, right? Yep. And it can kind of be like, oh, Brian's got his community colored glasses on. And so of course, you know, this is the feedback he's passing us. And so what I've found to be a useful tactic is to give them the raw, whether it's video or audio or text mm. or whatever it is, and say, look, this isn't me you know, coming to you with this problem. This is our customer coming to you. And here's the direct, you know, quote or sample or whatever it is of, of what they're talking about. This is a real problem we need to solve. And that just helps you, you know, get the message across. And it also helps, you know, not allow people to kind of run away from it because now you've made it real and said, hey, this is a real person that that said this thing, right? So I think there's a bunch of tactics you can you can have around that. But to your point, the overall thing is, yes, your your job is to be that, you know, voice of the customer and like never stop until it's better and then repeat. 
Yeah, rinse and repeat. Yeah, again, you said something very interesting because I've used that tactic, not tactic, it's not terrible because it seems like it's a purposeful thing, but it is so important to take, because I remember doing something very similar. You voice, you, you have a customer come in and they chat with you and you ask them direct questions and you're right. They will give you direct answers. You could take that those data and give it to people internally and say, hey, don't take my word for it. You know, Listen, this is a customer telling us this story, right? And it's such a powerful tool. I know Chris has done some experimentation as well in, uh, you know, using, you know, quotes and information coming in from his channels and customers and using that internally to help push community forward, right? Uh, as an element. I think that's fair, right, Chris? You've been using some of those quotes internally? Yeah, I, I even do that today. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, a lot of community managers do this. Customers post different things and they say different things on the online communities. And, you know, like for, for us, we use Slack uh, here at, uh, or at Imperva, uh, but we use something else at uh, Rexel. But I would highlight those things, say customers are saying these things, and I would tag specific people that it that it uh, pertained to right within the organization are you listening <laughs> you know um, and and so I'm very blunt and very open when customers say things because I think it's highly important but I'm also the uh, on the other end too when they're saying good things or when they're saying hey if you also have this product then you can do these things you know and so I'm I'm evangelizing those things and saying oh this is really good oh my gosh and I think that that's a uh, a normal tactic, but I think it's important so that people know what customers are saying. I'm not saying it. I'm not the community manager. I'm just because the community manager is saying things. Now our customers are saying things, and I think that you know that is the key. When you start getting some of those um, examples and 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 things like that, you know that's when it really matters. And that's when people will start listening. Well, and that's that's one of the you know to bring us back around to data, right? Like that's one of the things I always tell people when we we engage in initial conversations around communities or uh, you know advocacy platforms or journey things, what, whatever it is. Is I always tell them like, hey, look, you know, you're going to get more data in six months about your customers than you've ever had in the lifetime of this company operating, right? Like if that you do it so the right true. way and you yes. stand up these these systems and processes and platforms and all these things and you're gathering all of this and you have some meaningful way to sift through it, prioritize and then present back to the business. Hey, here's the the top five things we're hearing. Let's pick three of the five that we think we can accomplish in the next X number of months and deliver. Um, that's a really powerful moment for a lot of companies where they really move the needle from guessing to knowing. And I think that's really what this is all about. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's I agree. Like another, like I'm pausing because there's a that's a like an, an aha moment, right? Where you can actually say stop guessing and just have the data. It's actually right here. Uh, I think we've maybe had in our previous careers almost have little moments in time where we can actually pinpoint when that actually happened in our respective companies, right? They're like, well, it's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> but on that kind of, you know, you have a unique perch uh, in the fact that you've kind of grown your career through this and now sit uh, at a moment where you are now speaking direct to C-levels, right? Uh, and kind of working through their journey, right? So as you mentioned earlier, at a C-level conversation, those are, you know, presenting community and how you present that community uh, experience uh, is is different, right? And, and I, I don't know if you've almost kind of, do you ever, I mean, I guess my question centered around like, how do you, 
How have you gone through that experience and kind of moving a sea level into understanding the value of community or kind of walking through it? Um, mm-hmm. Well, let me start with a secret. Um, do you guys want to hear the secret? No. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, no one right. will ever know. Yeah. Just between us, <laughs> between us girls here. Yeah, um, exactly. So, just between us girls. <laughs> so here's the secret, right? Um, and I, I get asked this question occasionally about, oh, you know, you're, you're talking to the CEO. What's that like? Um, so here's the secret. They're just people. Uh, that's the, that's literally the secret, right? They, they are people like you and me. I'm sorry to shatter the, the illusions of the big, scary, you know, person in the corner office or whatever. Um, and so, you know, you, you kind of frame the question is what's different, right? About talking to that audience versus maybe other audiences. The only thing that's different with them is, uh, knowing what they want, right? So they have different things that they care about for good reason, because they have these big roles and, you know, their, their neck is on the line to do that. And, um, it's a lot harder than than people think it is. And so just like anything else, you know, the key to the whole thing is making sure you understand what their pain points are, right? So now they're the, now they're your customer, right? What's what challenge do you have that I can solve for you? And yeah. then figuring out how to get the data, tell a compelling story, uh, and and wield what influence you have to say, hey, look, uh, I know this thing's annoying you. Here's what we can do about it. Uh, here's how I can do it. We'll do it by this time with this much money. Uh, and you know, are you good with that? Right. Uh, and, and you kind of have to keep it, you know, short and sweet to that level of here's what we're going to do. Here's what it's going to cost. Here's the time, you know, are are you okay with that? And you get the green light and then you go execute. Right. And it turns out also, um, that the executing turns out to be the most important part. Uh, cause you can say whatever you want, you know, yeah. you can go into the board meeting and important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like I can talk all day about what I'm going to do. Uh, it doesn't really matter until I do it. And then once you come back to them with that real value delivered and you've solved a problem either for them or for the customer or both, um, that's when you start to gain more credibility and more trust. And then, every subsequent conversation becomes a little bit easier because in the back of their mind, they're thinking, well, you know, he did this, you know, two months ago, I'm sure he can handle this new thing or, or whatever. And you just like anybody else, you just build that trust up and, and, you know, you're not always going to hit the ball out of the park every single time, but you hope that you have a pretty good, you know, pretty good track record. And, uh, and that's it, you know? So yeah, I would great. say that there, there really is no secret, right? Like that's kind of the, that's kind of the joke here. It's there are people and you, you try to help them out. Yeah. And I think the, uh, you know, the important thing is almost the same way you, you talk to people about saying, know your audience. Uh, you're right. They're busy folks. And it's really just down to knowing what they care about and then just, you know, pitch to them in that regard. Yeah. And what, one other point I would make, um, you know, in the language that you use. So this is one that's really, really important. And I talk about this all the time ah, is that, I, I agree. It, Carry on, is that you know, if you're a community manager or, you know, a director of community or something like that, and you're going to waltz into the CEO's office and start talking about, page views and posts and um, new members and, you know, like, listen, they don't care, right? Yeah. Nor should they, right? So right. you have to think about what are the business challenges they have? And in the in reality, when you're talking to anybody that's at a high level at any organization, they're typically concerned with one or more of three things, acquisition, conversion, uh, and retention, right? Yep. So like, how do we get new customers? How do we make them customers? Uh, I guess the fourth one might be, how do we sell more to them? How do we expand yeah. the account? And then how do we retain them? Yep. And so you need to think about everything that you bring to them um, needs to be wrapped in one or more of those things to say, hey, look, you know, the bottom line of this is I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And it's going to be all complicated. And you don't understand half of what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but three months from now, 
what I'm telling you is uh, we're going to make it easier for people to buy more stuff from us. Yeah. And our revenue is going to go up as a result. And then they go, oh, I get that. Yeah. Right. Like if you go in there speaking code, right, like you're going to get kicked out of the room and rightfully so. And and I think that's true of really any business, right? It's not different than than any other thing that anybody else in your company is doing. You just have to start thinking of it in the same way that they do that, you know, I'm going to speak the language of business. And and frankly, a lot of people don't want to do that um, for whatever reason. And that's fine. But that's, uh, you know, one of the keys to success is is speaking the language of the people you're talking to. Amen. I I, I want to make sure we have some, some time to make sure we finish off. But I just wanted to cover a few things that I've been hearing through our conversation. And one, once, once again, thank you so very much for joining us. I've just been enjoying uh, the chit chat. The A couple of things that kind of I've been kind of uh, wrapping my head around as we talk was kind of going back to the beginning, this idea of use this moment, right? Companies, whether you wanted to or not, are in a moment of time where they can actually experiment in community and kind of should get out there, right? And meet with your customers. You can't see them physically. So that's one thing I wrote down uh, as a part of this conversation too. Uh, it sounds so silly, but ask your customer, right? Get out there and ask the customer. Instead of guessing through this, just physically ask them. And I, I agree. That's another kind of tidbit of, of importance I think is important to say. Um, in developing the strategy, it sounds, again, silly, but what is the problem you're trying to solve? Uh, and make that something you understand and everyone understands it through. So that's something else I've learned from chit-chatting with you. Uh Use the customer's real voice, right? And kind of uh, when you go back and looking at where you are in your community journey, use those points to help you to sell, push forward, or just generally as part of your advocacy. And on the leadership side, just kind of our last part of our conversation, this idea that the big secret, right? CEOs are people too. <laughs> and this last point about language, I agree. I think, you know, Chris and I have had this conversation about the use of the word, even the word community, right? I think even at some level in the architecture, of uh, hierarchy that even that word kind of is difficult for people. But so using the right words to explain the business value chain. And I think as a community manager, understanding a business value chain and you should spend time as much as you're trying to understand the customer is understanding that because that's going to help you long-term in the company. Uh, I don't know if you thought about if that sounds good and how, you know, just as a, as how we uh, kind of, yeah. Concept. Yeah. No, I, I think that's right. I, I would just add on there the execution part, right? Like I think everything you said is uh, awesome, but if you don't execute it well, then what have, what do you got to show for it? Right. And so yeah, I think, I you agree. know, a lot of people spend, uh, you know, too much time pontificating, uh, on social media and other places about, you know, all of their thoughts on all of this and, you know, what, you know, this great big idea they had and whatever, but you know what, if you don't actually do it, it, it turns out it kind of doesn't matter. Right. And I think that's what <laughs> separates the people from, um, you know, so here, here's my hot take, uh, for the, for the podcast, right? I think that's what separates the people, um, that, you know, are great versus those that are good is your ability to execute at the end of the day. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I, mean, I think execution is one of the most important things that you have to do. I mean, if you don't show anything, what do you got? And so I don't even know if it's good. If you can sit there and think about it all day long, who cares? I mean, it's a great thought, I guess, but if you're not doing anything about it, then, you know. Yeah, it's been great. So something we didn't ask you, Brian, and, and I always think is important, um, is do you have a favorite beer? Uh, do, hmm. You know, what's, what do you like the most? Or do you drink beer? 
So uh, I'm going to go against the grain here a little bit, gentlemen. Um, I, I'm I'm not much of a beer guy, but I'm I am very much a whiskey guy. Um, so okay. lately, uh, here's a recommendation for you right um, and for, for your audience. Um, <laughs> I, I moved to Denver here uh, six or seven months ago, and I thought, you know, I should probably check out some of the local stuff here. So what I'm going to recommend is. Uh, Breckenridge Distillery. So it's, it's, uh, I think it's up at 9,000 feet up in Breckenridge, uh, which is a ski town for those of you that don't know. And um, so they claim it's like the highest distillery in the world. And they have some amazing whiskey that's made with like the snow melt water and all that kind of stuff. So um, if you can import a bottle of that to your state, uh, I highly recommend it. Oh, I'm a whiskey guy too. I love it. Both the, the KY and the KEY. It's good stuff. It's delicious. And so it's funny, as you said, it's the highest distillery in the States. And this is Colorado. You, you, you really don't know where to take that, uh, take that definition. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Brian, once again, I wanted to thank you personally of your time, your expertise that you shared with us and our listeners. Uh, thank you so very much for uh, being on our show. Uh, and I'm sure if we have any questions, you'd be totally open and um, uh, allowing us to pass on that question. And, and maybe uh, you could post it on your LinkedIn so folks can find you. Uh, but oh, I yeah. want to personally thank you again for, for being on our show. Yeah. Thanks guys. It's been, uh, it's been an honor. It's been a treat. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, anybody who knows me knows that, uh, I almost never shut up. So yes, any questions that anybody has, feel free to lob them my way. And, uh, I, I love talking shop. It's all, all in a day's work. Thank you so very much, Brian. Thank you once again for uh, another episode of Appears Over Beers. My name is Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Detzel. All right. Thank you guys very much. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.